This is the Stampede with Ryan Jones and Ashton Yanez. Back at it again for another week of football. Another week, and hasn't even started yet, Ryan, but we're already seeing in just the last 48 hours how crazy it gets in the National Football League. Yeah, and outside of the National Football League in some cases. And we might as well just start there, just to get it over with another way. Let's talk about Henry Ruggs' uh, drunk driving accident where he was going like 160 miles an hour. Uh, I think his blood level ratio... Uh, his toxic- 0.16, I believe, which One, is double yeah. the legal limit. 1.16. Ridiculous. Um, I think this is going to be short sweet for us. He's a POS, uh, should never be allowed to play in the NFL again, and he should go to jail for life. I mean, simple as that, really. I mean, Yeah, it's – well, I mean, it, for Raiders fans like me, it's it's really sad because you knew how much talent this guy had entering the league – you knew what he was capable of. We've seen some of the big plays he's made, and yet for him to make such a ridiculous, you know, decision that not only implicates his life and his career going forward, but also destroys the life of a 23-year-old woman. So very unfortunate there, you know, for this whole situation to happen, for him to make these poor decisions, and yes, yeah, this is something that you know. Everyone's got to live with, especially the people that are working and playing under the Raiders organization. Yeah, I just I did want to talk about uh, touch on the football aspect a little bit. I feel like it's a little insensitive to do that, but I did want to talk about all the distractions that the Raiders have had this season. First head coach John Gruden, now this. Um, honestly, I don't know if it'll affect them that much going forward, just because. It's not like Henry Ruggs is really getting utilized to his full potential anyways on the field. A. B. I think that they already weathered one controversy and they came out. They were t- they're 2 0 since the John Gruden firing. So honestly, I think this will just keep adding fuel to the fire for them. I think that they're going to play even better. They're going to come out pissed off that this happened. Um, I would imagine that. The Raiders are probably going to like donate some large, some large amount of money to the victim's family and all that stuff. And I think that all the players are just going to be they're they're going to play more like their best football going forward. I think. Well, we already believed that with you know John Gruden now leaving, and you know we talked about in prior episodes them you know having a more modern offense or having a more modern, uh, philosophied head coach, knowing that they got someone that's been in the league for quite some time. Um, but I think when it comes to strategizing against you know against your opponents now moving on knowing you no longer, you no longer have Henry Ruggs, it's now it's finding other ways to attack defenses deep because essentially that's what Rugg was he was the deep post the deep nine one on one most or, of the time he's just kind of using you know a decoy mean, he's 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 just the guy to keep the safeties away and when the safeties don't respect him that's when they pay the price. You know, we've seen Ruggs' catch has been mainly downfield. And I think that being said, you know, the Raiders should have a, a fine time just finding someone uh, who can do that kind of work like Henry Ruggs has for the Raiders. And I saw that the Rams, they waved off to Sean Jackson. I so, was just going to say that. So maybe that's someone that will end up playing that role or maybe the Raiders will go with somebody else that they already have in their roster. I don't know, but... There, there's luckily easy way for them to move on from this as an organization 
but it definitely affects the players. It definitely affects the coaches. Just knowing that someone that they were, you know, with these last few weeks or even just the last couple of seasons made such a just bad decision. But, yeah, very yeah. unfortunate. Prayers out to the victim and her family. Um, and hopefully this will all be the, – the rug situation will eventually be something that we'll throw back behind us. Yeah, uh, the Raiders currently 5-2, first place in the AFC West. That is weird. We'll see how long it lasts. Ashton, I know that you... I'm still hesitant, even with the Chiefs playing really bad football. Really hesitant to enjoy it. It's just, I'm skeptical. You know, it's been so long since I've seen a good Raiders team. Yeah, I understand. Um, There's a couple of big stories, so let's just move on to... Let's just get both of our teams out of the way. Uh, I want to talk about Von Miller getting traded to the Rams. And I know that everyone listening to the podcast is going to want to know what my perspective on that is because, as listeners know, I am a Broncos fan. Um, so first I want to start on the Rams side. I think the Rams are probably the favorite in the NFC as of now. I think they probably were with or without Von Miller. Um, they're 7-1. and They're actually second in the AFC West with a 7-1 record. They're... They, they're, them and Arizona have the same record, but Arizona beat them, obviously. I do think the Rams are a better football team. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, it's good for the Rams, obviously. They're not going to – you're not going to get a second or third round pick have be the same caliber as Von Miller. So why not trade away the draft picks? Go all in this year with Matthew Stafford and try to go for that ring, man. I mean, I see no issue with it from the Rams' side. For the Broncos, though, I think this signals a full rebuild. It does. You're trading away – one of the best players, probably the best defensive player in your franchise history, and that's saying something because Champ Bailey played for this organization. Um, but yeah, I, I just think that maybe they could be stockpiling draft picks to try to go after Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers like a veteran. But realistically, if you were going to do that, you would keep a Hall of Fame caliber edge rusher who can still wreck games. You know, So I think the signals rebuild for the Broncos is something that I've been calling for. It's something I've wanted to do for years now, as you know. Um, and I, there's a really good chance that Denver finally gets aggressive and gets a young QB in the first round. Maybe they trade up with these extra picks they have, get a Malik Willis, a Matt Corral, a Desmond Riddler, um, a, maybe even a Kenny Pickett who's skyrocketing up draft boards out of Pittsburgh. Um, I know people... At the beginning of the year, we're saying this is a weaker quarterback class, but man, I gotta say, the more I watch this quarterback class, the more I, I'm just really excited for these young quarterbacks to come. And I think it's gonna be a good class. I don't think it's gonna be a a bad class like uh, 2011 was when it was Cam Newton and no one else. You know, um, 2011, the year Von Miller was drafted as well. So there's that. Uh, so yeah, I I think the signals full rebuild for the Broncos, and I'm excited that. We're going to finally go in that direction. I'm okay with sucking if they're sucking the right way. You know, like Denver isn't a good team, but they're doing it the wrong way. They're not like building for the future. They keep trying to retool when they should be rebuilding. And that I'm happy that they're finally going in this direction. Obviously, I'm sad that my favorite player in the NFL is now on another team, but heck, I could be a Rams fan for a year, right? <laughs> Honestly, it's not, it's not a bad trade-off, you know, being a fan of the Denver Broncos that you are, Ryan. Um, but just going back to last week, I mean, we talked about 
the narrative of Von Miller being traded to go somewhere and compete for Super Bowl. But the teams that you talked about, one was the Cardinals, the other Dallas. The other was Dallas. Yeah. And those were the two teams I said were pretty unrealistic, especially once we found out Baltimore's salary cap. Did you read the reports of the two other teams that were interested in Von Miller? Buffalo was one, obviously. Dallas was the other. So they were interested in Von Miller. So Dallas was thinking about it. Yeah, so I, like it wasn't completely right. unrealistic, which I thought it was, but hey, well, makes sense. It I was right. They kind were of. both. I mean, they were both teams that are Super Bowl contenders that need help at edge, but the Rams are the one team that was probably willing to give up the most. I mean, a second you, and a third round. Essentially, so Denver is basically playing paying all of Von Miller's salary this season. Yeah. So basically, they just bought a second and third round right. draft, and that was for nine and, million bucks. And which, that's the, and that's the two reasons why price. this trade happened. One. The Rams are willing to give all their picks away if they can get the right guys to win a Super Bowl now. Yeah, this year we, they're we, not going to have we, a. We saw them get a franchise quarterback. The fourth round. Yeah. We said, look, take the quarterback that we just drafted in the, with a top two pick. Take this first round draft pick. Give us your quarterback that's been the reason you existed, Detroit, for the last 12 years. And all of a sudden, Matthew Stafford is a top-tier quarterback in the NFL this year. Why? Because he finally has a solid team around him. We knew he was a great quarterback already career-wise, but now he's on a good team that's that he can play with well, and like he has good receivers across the board. He has a good offensive line. He's got a run game that can be established to set the play-action throws. He's got a smart, young, innovative head coach. They're playing in good weather. 363 out of the 365 days a year. Actually, 365 days out of the year. Why? Because they have a brand new stadium that allows them to play whatever the heck they want. Also in L.A., so it doesn't matter. But So we're seeing them being aggressive because they know we have the tools to build a Super Bowl team. It's just getting the players that we want now. We don't want to wait for the draft. And they and honestly, what were they going to use that second and third round pick for anyway? What are they going to use it for? Yeah, exactly. They don't, they don't need help at running back. They might need an interior they offensive of, lineman. They won't have the way. They have one of the best rosters in the more, NFL. Half these right. dudes aren't making the team anyways. It'd Denver's be, not. You right. Know? So they need the picks. Right. Those those draft picks would have been nothing but for just death purposes, which the Rams are good at death across the board. Even their later round draft picks that they've had in recent years are all guys that have stepped up and are just making this roster seem really whole. So for them, it was worth it. And then, yeah, going back to Denver saying, hey, out of the $9.7 million, that we owe to Von Miller, we'll still pay nine million of it. Seven hundred thousand dollars for a good tier edge rusher. Heck yeah, that's worth a second and a third round draft pick. Yeah, one thing that was being pointed out a lot, I noticed, is that this is probably the first time in Von Miller's career that he's not going to be double teamed because he's lining up next to Aaron and, Donald. And, yeah, and that's the thing so too. So he's going to wreck shop, I think. And, and that's the thing too. You're not investing on Von Miller to lead your defensive line, let alone be the leading rusher in sacks and pressures and all that. You just want Von Miller to take advantage of as many one-on-ones as he gets because they know Aaron Donald's getting double teamed, triple teamed on every single play. So you can't block both those guys at once. And on the other side of him, on the other edge rusher spot, they have Leonard Floyd, who's not a right. scrub either. You know, he's no good, Floyd's a solid player. He's a good as well. solid edge rusher. Yeah, he's not obviously an elite number one type right. of guy like Vaughn Miller is. Yeah, he's not a crazy. You he's know, a number. He's a good number two. You know, so. But he, yeah, no, he's a solid player. So yeah, you have those three guys just bringing it. You got Jalen Ramsey and you know his defensive back crew that are just gonna keep covering players as long as they can. So I mean, 
Coverage sacks and just simple quick pressures are going to be the norm from the L.A. Rams defensive side now, moving forward. And they kind of already were, but now that Von Miller's on this team, it's just ridiculous. I'm I'm really excited to watch Von. But, yeah, really excited for the Rams, honestly. They're they're really growing to become my favorite team in the NFC. They they really are. If you had to pick a winner out of the NFC uh, with a certain quarterback not being there um, for a certain team in Wisconsin (laughs) – now, um, would you pick the Rams or are you going Tampa Bay or uh, that team in Wisconsin maybe? Or even Arizona, I mean, or uh, you Dallas. Know, you know, it, it's tough. For, for me, it's the Rams, I think, at I, this I got to say the Rams right now, I mean, obviously Tom Brady is going to do what the heck he intends to do. Yeah, I hate betting against Tom Brady. I hate betting against Tom Brady, just like how I didn't bet against Aaron Rodgers and they won the game. I mean, it was still based off an A.J. Green error, but still. I, it was just like Tom Brady is that dude. But mm-hmm. that being said, I do like the Rams more. I, I really do. I I think they're going to still be the team that could potentially get a higher seed than the Buccaneers in the playoffs because Tampa Bay entered the playoffs last year as what the sixth seed, right, or the fifth seed? Tampa was I fifth don't, seed because I they had to play know. Washington on the road. Yeah, the Saints won their division, so yeah, because yeah, so they so Tampa Bay could still. I mean, they're still around. They're Tampa Bay. It's Tom Brady. Anyway, but the Rams, to me, just look like the slight favorites. Yeah, they lost to Arizona, but I think now that they have Von Miller there, this Rams team just looks even more scary on the defensive side. And I don't think mobile quarterbacks like Kyler Murray are going to have time to scramble and make things happen. You know, when yeah, they play I the mean, Rams, they, they barely had forth. they barely had time with AD there, so. We yeah, so now you're adding Rams are they just look like a solid team, and there is no secret that they're investing to win a Super Bowl now. I mean, they are pulling the Dodgers. They're all are, in. They're all in. Yeah. I mean, these LA teams, right? The Lakers. They brought every 2011 All Star player onto that roster. The you know, the Dodgers with Mookie Betts and Bellinger, and oh my, I mean just. Rams are now being like that aggressive, like, hey, we're in Los Angeles. We we're we might be considered a new team because we just got back here from St. Louis in 2015, I think, or 2016, but we're here to win. You know, yeah. We're, we're not here to rebuild forever. So, yeah. yeah. Great um, for them. Great for the Broncos. Great. Happy for you, Ryan, to see your team actually rebuild. Can't wait to see what the Denver offseason looks like. I'm, I'm just sad to see my boy go, you know? Yeah. But at least he's in good Single-handedly chance. won us a freaking Super Bowl in 2015. <laughs> Um, so I did mention it already. A certain quarterback is not vaccinated, so he's got the Rona in Wisconsin. And, uh, you know, before that, I would have said Green Bay is my favorite to come out of the NFC. But now I think that Aaron Rodgers not being vaccinated and out for at least a week, it could, it probably will be more than one week because he's not vaxxed and he doesn't follow the, he didn't follow the protocol. The NFL and the Packers both knew about this, so it's not a good look for them. Right. Um, I think this takes the Packers out of number one seed contention. I don't think that Jordan Love could beat the Chiefs. And I don't know who – I could check the Packers' schedule right now. I don't know. I think a lot of people can beat the Chiefs. Have you seen them play? You, no, yeah, you're right. But And even – okay, so they got the Chiefs and then they have the Seahawks – with Russell Wilson's return. 
So if he's not back for two games, he's going to have to go head-to-head with Patrick Mahomes and Russell Wilson in back-to-back weeks for his first two ever starts. Then after that, he has the Vikings if and the Rams for the next two weeks. We don't know how long this could be, you know? Because he, I... he could get suspended. He's not vaxxed, and he has to have X amount of negative tests in a row. Right. And we... COVID's crazy, you know? It could last up to months. So we don't know what, how, when Aaron Rodgers is going to be back. Those four games I just mentioned are four tough games for a... He's basically a rookie quarterback, Jordan Love, to come in and win. I just don't see them winning all four games to stay in contention like I think they could if Aaron Rodgers was. Like, I just think they're going to end up being like the fourth seed now or the third seed, and I just think that first-round bye and potential multiple home playoff games is such a huge advantage now because there's only one bye, you know? Yeah. So I just, I don't know how love is going to do against Kansas city. You still have a lot of stars on Kansas city's defense, you know, Tyron Matthew, Chris Jones, they just traded for Melvin Ingram. They still have some good individual players on that defense. The defense isn't good. It sucks. So we've seen it. Right. But I just, it's a big ask for a rookie quarterback to go into Kansas city. That's a hostile environment with a tough crowd, you know, one of the best stadiums in the NFL, one of the best fan bases. Um, so I, I don't think – I mean, we're going to talk about it later, but I don't think the Packers have a shot against Kansas City. Well, well, I, I'll, I'd kind of go back on that because Kansas City, to me, is really not playing good football. It, they're, they're really not. I mean, they barely escaped at home – The Giants, yeah. Against the New York Giants. And it's not like the Giants got better. In fact, they – they're the one team that's really gradually gone worse and still won't admit that they need a rebuild. And it's so for the Chiefs to barely escape at home, all because they can't figure out how to run the ball or how to throw the ball against cover two is weird. Well, we heard the they stuff have so about- much talent. My fantasy tight end, Travis Kelsey, nowhere to be seen. It's like. Patrick Mahomes had no intentions of looking in the middle of the field at all. Like, everything was quick little passes. Barely, I barely call them passes because, for some reason, they count Mahomes barely flipping, flicking the ball a foot to Terry Kill on a sweep I do, I do hate the rule. That I don't hate the, I, I do hate the rule. But anyway, it's just it's weird to see the Chiefs not attacking the middle of the field. Rather, it's a run or a pass. And it's... Like, I understand that they're not great at the running back position. Or it's, you know, the, and that their offensive line, it's still not clicking. And not guess. clicking. It's not in sync. Yeah. But it's healthy. The front office was aggressive to get these guys. I mean, it just, it just seems like the Chiefs had no excuse to play bad football. They really don't. Especially on Monday night. They're the one team that won and to me looks like a loss. Yeah, I agree. Um, so, yeah. I don't know. I would hold back on the Packers having no chance to beat them because if I, I Green Bay runs said, the right defense... I shouldn't and, have said no chance. It's just that the Green Bay is so beat up already. We knew they had a lot of injuries. And now, they arguably did, the best quarterback came, in the NFL is not going to be playing. They did, so, but they also gave Arizona their only loss in Arizona. I mean... And that was without Devontae Adams. Yeah, but we talked about the fluky play, and if AJ Green just like turns around, he it was probably still a close that. game. Yeah, I know it was still a battle. Yeah, Aaron. I mean, and, and granted, yes, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, Rodgers was, was the big reason for it. But I really think if Green Bay just plays the right defense, 
and then they just try and run more RPO stuff because, I mean, Jordan Love, he's he's cable, he's athletic, he's mobile. And the reason they got after him in the first round of all rounds was they saw in him what they saw with a lot of other young mobile quarterbacks that have entered the league these last few years. I mean, if they if they just simply have a good aggressive run game, Green Bay could easily be the better team against Kansas City. Now, yes, down the road, things are going to get tougher. They, they play the Rams, as you said, correct? Uh, that's like in three weeks. Next, three weeks. Uh, next week, they have Seattle. Russell, Seattle. That's Russell Wilson. Seattle's probably one of the better three and five teams in the NFL. And that's the game Russell Wilson will be returning. And Russell Wilson's coming so. back, so they're not going to look like a three and five team. No. So, yeah. Those, then, yeah. I just, I just, and then after that, the Vikings, who, I mean, we know that they play down to their competition every week, but every game, they're always in it. And they always play hard, and they have a good head coach, you know, and a lot of offensive skill players. The Vikings are a solid football team. I don't know if they're good enough to make the postseason at this point, but we, we know the Vikings are always a solid football team. I, th- so. I think the Packers will be okay. Also, I, I just don't, don't s- think they'll they'll end up being the number one seed like they could have No, been I don't the think Rodgers. they'll be the number one seed either. I think, yeah, Aaron Rodgers will still miss too many key games for them to lose it, especially since only one team – well, like obviously, only one team gets a one seed, but only one team now gets that home field advantage. So yeah, it's gonna sting a little bit for Green Bay, but I think they'll still be more than fine. They'll probably still be a two or a three seed. I I'm, I don't want to spoil it because we are gonna talk about uh, our rest of season predictions for the playoffs and what we think the updated playoff. We're gonna look back at what we had in the preseason and kind of update it, and we're gonna also give our midseason awards. But I will tell you that. I do have Green Bay now as the fourth seed in the NFC. So the fourth seed. Uh, I'll we'll talk we'll talk more about it. I'm just letting you know that that is what I have as of now. Could this be the year the NFC East champions actually are a top three seed? I just could this you, be the year? Dallas' schedule is very easy. It is true. It's like the easiest schedule in the NFL. Dallas is surprisingly so, playing great football, and they're playing really good football. So they, I they do really have Dallas are. ahead of them. Okay, anyway, the yeah. one thing I, I don't see also happening is the NFL punishing Green Bay that hard because in, a, in some sense, they'd be punishing themselves. Because they, as Re- much as they're going to admit that it was, it was Green Bay's fault that they didn't know. No, they knew. Aaron Rodgers petitioned to have a different sort of right. not, uh, uh, not vaccine. He petitioned to have something else that would... E- Immunizer, I don't know. Right? Yeah, he said he said he said he immunized, which directly doesn't say he was vaccinated, but it definitely made people believe he was. And I think because he's part of the NFL and because he's part of Green Bay and because the pandemic is still a serious situation, you still need you, you. When it comes to people asking you if you're vaccinated, simply just give them a yes or a no. Simply do. I understand that there's a lot more rules if you're not vaccinated and that it'd be nice to just make your own decisions and go with it. But when you're playing the NFL, you got to know what rules are implemented and just take them as it is, especially when you're, you know, one of the big stars in the NFL and are leading an example for many other young players or people that are just fans of the sport and all that stuff. Just, just simply be honest, yes or no. Yeah, at least Cole Beasley's honest about at it. At least Cole Beasley said no. Exactly. Right. At least Beasley well, he, was like, hey, he said, I didn't do it. he said no like fifty other ways, but yeah, he yeah. said no. 
Mm-hmm. So at, at least just, you know, don't use other words. That's all I'm asking. Don't don't give a gray area. Don't try and act like you're a lawyer in the U.S. Senate. Come on. It is weird because, you know, Rogers has kind of looked at this California cool guy, all progressive and cool and chill, and then he didn't get back. So it's kind of like out of character for him, really. But then you think about it, and it's like, oh, it's in character because a lot of people have this take that, oh, he's selfish, he's a diva, you know? So you could look at it either way. It's either... He's a unique person. I think that's what he's, people are starting to realize. He's a unique person. Ha- yeah. He that's, really is. That's, an, that's the understatement of the year. He's a, And I'm not saying is. I think Rodgers is a diva. I don't. I agree with him right. 100% on the Packers' dysfunction and lack right. of... Lack of simple. He's a unique life. person that was also put in a unique situation. I mean, just we we started to see last year, especially in the offseason, that just him and Green Bay wasn't always a perfect fit, especially with Green Bay running their organization differently from the other 31 franchises, right? Theirs is more via committee because it's owned amongst the public, and it's not necessarily owned by just one man. Yeah. So, well, like I said, I agree with Rodgers on the whole. But I why don't are you see drafting the, a quarterback? Why aren't you getting these players for a Super Bowl run now? Why are you looking towards right. the future? Kind but of thing? I don't. I don't see the NFL being that aggressive in punishing him or Green Bay because that in itself screws them over. Because they knew. Because they, they already knew. And two, you just said how the Packers are going to be playing the Seahawks, the Rams, right? The Vikings. They still yeah. have the Vikings, and they're going to play the Bears one more time. They got to make their money off those games. They can't let that be the. And I'm sure some of them are. Right? I guarantee you that Rams game is a primetime game. There's yeah. no way Rams Packers is not a primetime game. Right? Those if Aaron Rodgers is not two playing, best teams in the Green NFC. Bay should never be on a primetime. Yeah, exactly. Never. They should never be on primetime. Now, are they in primetime this week? No, they are not. They're I know not they're in primetime prime soon. Yeah, they're not in primetime uh, this game. Is it the Rams? This week. This week, the primetime games are Jets Colts Thursday night. Gross. Uh, Sunday, Titans-Rams, and then Monday is Bears-Steelers. But Packers-Chief is in that afternoon slate of games, so it could be Fox's game of the week. It could be like America's game of the week, maybe. Um, but Cardinals-Niners is also at that slate, too. So, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I don't know. Either way, I just don't... I don't know. Maybe, maybe they will. I just have a hard time seeing them punishing Aaron Rodgers that much. I see them I, maybe two weeks. I don't see them doing four. Mm-hmm. I feel like four is going to just hurt them too much. And the NFL has to admit that they're also wrong because we knew that they knew. Yeah. They knew. We knew. We knew they knew. They knew. You know? Yeah. Anywho. Um, yeah. yeah. So what's the next story, Ryan? Because well, I we know got... a lot has happened in the National Football League before we can even get into our predictions. Well, uh, a certain player does want out of a certain organization, Odo Beckham Jr., doesn't want to be with the Cleveland Browns anymore. His father posted a video. Uh, I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure on what site. I'm assuming it was Twitter. Um, of Baker just missing OBJ wide open, basically accusing Baker of purposely not throwing him the ball. Um, I, I'll go first on this one because I'm looked as as the Baker Mayfield truther, and I, you know, I liked him coming in, and I like him now. I a he's hurt. Baker is playing hurt this season. He could have had like a season-ending surgery. He did not. He elected to play because I think even a hurt Baker is probably better than Case Keenum, and the Browns are kind of all in this season. They have a really good roster, and I think if they get healthy, they could compete for a Super Bowl. And B, we see what Baker was without Odo Beckham Jr. 
he played better with him on the field. Why that is, I don't know. Because you think that throwing to a guy who's open a lot, like have you? I don't know if you've seen the eleven minute video that his father posted. Uh, Odell's open in the clips that are shown in this video, right? So I don't know what the issue is. Whether it's just chemistry, they just don't like each other. Two big personalities, kind of butting heads. You know, you know Baker in the commercials. Like we, we know Baker has a little bit of a personality. I, I mean, I like that. Uh, certain people don't. <laughs> cough, cough, cowherd. Um, <laughs> and we know what OBJ is. To me, in this situation, OBJ is kind of the problem. He hasn't said anything. He hasn't gone out and said, requested a trade. He, didn't requ- he, he probably requested a trade. I don't know if that's been reported or if that has been leaked to the public or not. I would imagine he requested the trade. The Browns probably said no. I mean, Odell Beckham Jr. has been a distraction everywhere. He's gone. Like... He's a distraction with the it's, Giants. It's and weird. he just seems like he he cares more about social media than football. At least when Baker plays, you can see the passion and the energy when he, you know, makes the big time throw or whatever. Like I know that people say oh Baker's distracted with the commercials, but I think you can tell that Baker has the passion for the game and wants to compete and be better. You just don't see that with OBJ. He just looks miserable all the time. And you know, sometimes it just doesn't work out between players and an organization, right? We've seen that multiple times over the history of the NFL. I just think it's better for both parties if they just cut ways, honestly. But if you're asking me who's at fault, whether it's Baker or OBJ, I would say OBJ. Um, And maybe that's just my blind faith in Baker and Kevin Stefanski and the Browns because I had them as, like, the Super Bowl champion in the preseason, right? But it's not like this is Odell Beckham's superstar top five receiver in the NFL, this is wa- he's washed. He's not good anymore. And, like and he's like I'll the fourth best receiver on this team at this point. I'll, I'll say the drama that's kind of going on kind of goes both ways here because one, it's not like Odell Beckham is really saying anything directly. You know what I mean? He's not saying "free me, I want out of here." Yeah, you know he had mean? to have LeBron say that for him. <laughs> well, it's not like he texts LeBron. Well, we don't know that. No, but they're anyway. under the same management. I think. I don't know, but I'm not like, mistaken. Like, here's the thing. The people that support him, essentially, want him to do good. And I'm a fan of Odell Beckham Jr. Like, he was great entering the league. That crazy catch against the Cowboys on Sunday football, right, blew me away. And he's made catches like that all the time, especially when he was back playing LSU. I I don't like... It's... I won't say this. It's not that I don't like it. It's I don't... It's just hard to see someone who has such a market value and has such fame as a wide receiver to not get a lot of touches. So I totally get the people that are that like Odell Beckham Jr. and are frustrated with him not getting as much action as he's gotten in recent years, you know, earlier before even last year. But also, Stefanski's offense is also designed. I was going to bring that up. It's for, a very run heavy for a offense. one wide receiver type of team. You know, what I mean, they're they're more into having two good running backs and using them on every other drive, and like two tight end sets all the time, right? Even when they're passing, you know, so right. Even when they set the play action, Jarvis Landry was already their guy. Like they said, like we already made the big aggressive trade to get Jarvis Landry. Odell was. You know, it was a blockbuster trade, but it was really just, he was a filler guy. Like, Cleveland wasn't, was pretty blunt with everybody. Like, 
yeah, it's like he's a big name, and we're trying to show that we're being aggressive here. But at the same time, we're also trying to make sure we have a winning team. And because Stefanski's the head coach. A great head coach at that. Great head coach. You know, we're going to see an offense that's not designed for three to five wide receivers, you know. It's that on top of the fact that the quarterback is playing hurt. Also. And yes, Baker Mayfield's hurt. So all and his you throws can tell have to in be his simple. Play, there's enough evidence over his career. We we knew that he was at at his peak. He's like a borderline top ten quarterback. If he's that, he's tenth. He's in the eleven to thirteen range when you're doing your rankings. That that's what he is. He's a good, solid quarterback like Kirk Cousins. And you know, it kind of reminds me when Stefan Diggs had his problems with Kirk Cousins a little bit, but. Uh, I just, I think that well, it's like Stefans- Julio Jones. Yeah, Stefanski dismissing him from the team. I think that shows whose fault it is, at least to me, because Stefanski has no skin in the game like I like. He, right. he he's not biased like I am towards Baker, right? And I'm gonna admit that I'm biased towards Baker. You know that. I know that. But I think Stefanski's think- just trying to get rid of distractions. This is all it is. He knows Odell's a great player. He knows what he can do for this team. He knows what he has done for this team. But he also knows that Odell's not the primary target on this team. And because they're a run-heavy offense, because they run a one-man play action, you know, three routes at most on any passing concept Baker Mayfield has in his playbook, you know, Odell's just, he's just there to distract a corner. He's just there to distract a safety. Similar to what Ruggs does. Right? Similar to what Ruggs did, or at least did. Let's not compare OBJ and him. No, no, I'm not comparing them. I'm comparing their assignments on the teams that they're on now. Yeah. I'm not, yeah, don't get me wrong. Odell Beckham's way better than Ruggs. And Ruggs will never be as good as anybody else anymore. Yeah. Sorry, I'm a Raiders fan. This is how I mourn. Um, But, or like Julio Jones now. Julio Jones, Tennessee Titans. He's made some great catches. We, we saw the one that looked like it was not a catch along the sideline against Buffalo, and it somehow was. But he's not getting as much of his numbers, right? He's not exploding in yards. He's not exploding in touchdowns. He's definitely not up there on the leaderboard. Right? I'll he's tell, not up I'll there on the leaderboards. Why? Because it's been play action Derrick Henry, play action Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry, play action, A.J. Brown, A.J. Brown, right? He, he's mainly there to occupy two corners. Occupy corner in the safety. Occupy, force that linebacker to float away from the tackle box somehow Well, I th- in you zone know, schemes. That's what I've seen Odell mainly as these last two years. He's basically been that guy. And in his defense, offense, it's perfectly normal. Thielen was that guy in Minnesota. Stephon Diggs, before he got traded to Buffalo, he was kind of that guy in certain games, depending on the game plan. You know, if basically if the opponents were covering, you know, the slot receiver or the wideout more. So... There were times where Thielen had good games. There were times where Stephon Diggs had good games. There was never really a time when neither both receivers were going off, right? There was never a game where Kirk Cousins had like 500 yards and four touchdown passes, and each receiver had 100 yards receiving. You know, we never got that from a fancy offense. So we, I'm not surprised that Odell Beckham Jr. is not having the numbers that he's had. And I'm also not surprised by the amount of people that support him that are upset about it because Odell was never the distraction guy. He never was. No one wants to be the distraction guy. Walter Payton hated that he was the distraction guy in the 1985 Super Bowl. Hated. He had no rushing touchdowns. 
None. And he's Walter Payton, the greatest running back of all time. No rushing touchdowns. Was not happy about it. Even though they won the ring. So it happens. It happens. No matter if you're the greatest, no matter if you're top 15, no matter if you're barely in the NFL, it's uncomfortable after seeing yourself be that key role player on a team to all of a sudden be that distraction guy. It's never comfortable. So it makes sense. Now let's shall we go ahead and kind of move on to the Derrick Henry thing well, now? Because I was just gonna say you kinda already Because I kinda up. already it would have been a really good segue, but you kept talking. So. I know. I'm sorry. I just no, like no, Odell no, no. too. I like Odell too. Yeah, you can no no, I you made some good points. So yeah, let's talk about some injuries now. There are two pretty major injuries that I want to talk about. A Derrick Henry's out for the season and B Jameis Winston tore his ACL. So let's start with Derrick Henry because I think that's – I never thought I'd say this, but the, the running backs is probably a little more significant than this than Jameis Winston tearing his ACL. So Derrick Henry out for the year. Uh, the Titans signed Adrian Peterson. I don't think that means much. Um, I think that they'll just kind of go committee running back now. They have a few other good ones on their team already that we're kind of getting some work anyways um, when Derrick Henry – you know, was out there. So and the Titans currently six and two, first place in the AFC South. There is a chance that Henry can come back near the end of the year. It's an eight to ten week injury. Um, so that would put him right back like in the postseason if the re- if everything goes perfectly, you know. Yeah. Um, which I mean hopefully it does for him. Um I wanna ask you I feel like we've seen this story before with the running backs over the years. Is Derrick Henry's career just over because we've seen this before i mean we saw todd Gurley get hurt never was the same same guy explosive running back uh demarco murray we've seen this with so many running backs over the years it's and we know that running backs have the shortest lifespan and i don't want it to be over for derrick henry i i don't want to be over either but i think it may be man i know with running backs you know once they get that big injury it's hard for them to come back that being said, Derrick Henry is entering the league with tangibles at the running back position that we have never really seen from any other running back. There's no one as big as him, strong as him, running as fast as him. And so I do hope, you know, in the next three months, we, we kind of see how he's doing. And he says, like, hey, I'm still going to come back. I'm still getting healthy. I got the, the greatest therapy. Physical therapist that the NFL and the world has to offer. He needs to get that TB12 method, play till he's 45, right? you know? Yeah, no, he's, he's going to be best friends with whoever's Tom Brady's nutritionist and physical therapist is real quick. It's, I don't know if this is going to be the one injury that NFL scouts were afraid was going to happen when he was coming out of Alabama because that was the big concern. That's why Derrick Henry even dropped to Tennessee. Right? That was the big concern. Like, oh, well, because... He already has so because, many miles on right? the tank. He's already ran 4,000 yards a season since he was an eighth grader. You know, he's going to blow out something within the first six games. And he was an anomaly because usually and then he that ran, happens. And then he ran for five more miles in the NFL. Yeah. He... I don't know if we'll ever see... I don't know. A, I just, the years of dominance that we've seen... And he was on pace. He was on pace he's for on that pace. 2K he, yards he again. He already had nearly 1,000 yards. He had like 900 and something yards. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he was already on pace to get another 2,000-yard season. Mm-hmm. I, I won't say it's over yet. I really want to actually see his recovery and see him, 
you know, at least make an attempt. Because Derrick Henry is really a, a freak of nature who's really just his career of running back. It's not something we've seen in a, in a while, especially in today's NFL. Yeah, that's what I was going to kind of say. Like, I don't. He means I don't, a lot. I don't know if we'll ever the, see, like. He means a lot. I don't know if we'll ever see, like, the f- couple year, two to three years of dominance that we've seen out of a running back almost ever again. And I mean, and because of the mo- the way the modern NFL works is a lot of teams are starting to go by committee and just he's such an anomaly at the position. He's such an outlier. He's that 1%, you know what I mean, at the running back position. He's the one that said, no, my like, you know me, I'm the big analytics guy. I'm the running backs don't matter guy. Don't pay a running back, you know, just do by committee. Just get that undrafted guy. Don't spend a high draft pick on the running back. And he's the 1% where you're like, no, it was worth it. I'm going to pay this dude. He's the focal point of our offense. And no one can stop him because no one can tackle him. Right. Sometimes it, the human nature and just football nature and stuff like that, I, I know it's corny to talk about, but I, it sometimes it trumps the analytics. And it trumps the math, you know? It, it really does. You sometimes, there's no analytics on a human heart. Some No, sometimes you just got to, you know, sometimes you got to talk to a person and watch his tape. And sometimes that's just all you need to decide if he's the guy or not. It I mean he's he is just a generational talent at the running back position. A generational talent in the National Football League. And I again I really want to see him go through this recovery process. I want to see him at least make his attempt for a comeback cuz just a guy of his tangibles. I just don't see him just giving up on himself. And I definitely don't see the Tennessee Titans giving up on him either. No, I don't either. Because the last thing Tennessee wants to do is say, hey, you know what? Yeah, this was the injury that we saw coming. We're going to go ahead and let you go. Yeah. We're going to move on to a different running back that we can get in the third or fourth round. No, we and then know all that's sudden, not happen. And then all of a sudden, Derrick Henry gets picked up by another team, and he gets another 2,000 rushing yards. He just goes to Tampa Bay. And- <laughs> yeah, all, yeah, all of a sudden, Tampa Bay picks him up. He still runs for 2,000 yards, except Tom Brady throws the ball to him. So yeah, Half no, he, he he has like the CMC stat line where he rushes for a thousand and receives for a thousand. Yeah. Tom Brady's like, cool. All I gotta do is run a screen now five times out of yeah, ten. Yeah, he's passes. like, ooh, these checkdowns are right. nice now. Yeah, the heck with checkdowns. I'm just I'm gonna throw the ball one inch to Terrick Henry and yeah. say those are my yards. Yeah. Like that's that's the last thing Tennessee wants. Exactly. And another player, and I know. Hall of Fame wise, Derrick Henry's not even in the Hall of Fame conversation. But the no, he, uh, I think he is. I think he will. He's be. getting there. But I will say the the one player whose situation that I could see being similar to Derrick Henry's was Peyton Manning. I could see Derrick Henry having that similar situation where Peyton Manning had that serious injury with Indianapolis Colts. Colts said, "Hey, look, we see a quarterback coming up. It's not in our best interest to have you on here anymore. We really need to start taking the rebuild seriously so we can win more games down the road." We're not going to bring you back again, even though you've won us a Super Bowl and you've had all these passing, you know, greatnesses. And then Denver's like, cool, well, we just learned how to beat everybody in the passing game, so we're going to get the greatest quarterback of all time. We're going to have him learn this new concept, and he's willing to learn it and, again, take command of it because we don't need an offensive coordinator. And all of a sudden, Peyton Manning throws 50 touchdowns in a season and 5,000 yards. And and gets blown out in the Super Bowl of the Seahawks. <laughs> well, before he wins the Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, I mean like... It was just a painful day for me. That's all. It was, yeah. So, I don't. I just. I see Derrick Henry being that running back. That 
will make a team regret letting them go if Tennessee ever decides to. I don't think Tennessee will. I don't. I, th- think, I think so Tennessee's either. bread and butter foundation, money, profits. I think eighty percent of their success, rather, was on the field or financially off the field has been Derrick Henry. So I think they're also going to do everything they can to make sure Derrick Henry is healthy, to make sure he gets the right therapist, to make sure he gets the right therapy sessions. I mean, they're going to do the full-on whatever you can do. Look, what the Russians did to they with the should, bad guy from Rocky Four. that's what they're going to do with Derrick Henry. They should hold him out for the rest of the year. It, it's, they probably it'll benefit. Will. They're not going to win a Super Bowl this year with him anyways. So you, they should keep him out for... At least this year. I think it is interesting, though. I kind of wanted to. No, I mean, this isn't really a topic of conversation, but I think it's kind of funny that they did sign Adrian Peterson, who, out, you know, outside Derrick Henry, he was probably the last great dominant running back. And that's that we how saw, bad Tennessee wants Derrick yeah. Henry back. You know what I mean? Like, their next best option, the running back position, is a guy that we've not seen pound the rock. In a way that we've seen Derrick Henry do in quite some time. You know what I mean? Like, AP was that last... AP was that guy. He man. was the last... Dominant. Running running back that changed well, the Was Adrian game. Peterson the last running back to win MVP? Maybe. Did he win MVP that season? Maybe. I... Let me check. It's close. I don't know. Do Do, do the research. Yeah, he won an MVP, and I think he was the last running back to ever win the MVP award. What year was award. it? Uh, is it, it like 2009? I feel like it was 11. 2011? Uh, 2011 MVP NFL was no Aaron Rodgers. Uh, was it 2012 then? Yeah, it was 2012. Uh, it was 2012. Oh, it was 20. Okay. Yeah. So, that was yeah, the last. I would, I would say that was definitely the last time in it. Unless Derrick Henry won it at all. No, Derrick Henry didn't He never win. won it? No. Even with him? He crazy. didn't win Isn't it. Isn't that crazy? You can run for 2,000 yards in a passing league offense. No, they, that, last year it was Aaron Rodgers. So. I, that's what I'm saying. And you still lose to a quarterback. Well, at this point, it's a quarterback's award. It really so. is. That's what, like, Derrick Henry, to me, should have gotten it. Like, you know how hard it is to get 2,000 rushing yards he probably today's won, NFL? He had to have won Offensive Player of the Year, right? He had to oh, have. Yeah. No, he's he's definitely um, had that. All right, let's uh, let's move on from Derrick Henry. I mean, we we know the significance. Best of, of him. luck to him. Hopefully, he makes a a great recovery, and hopefully, this is not one of those key injuries that essentially slows down the running back entirely. Uh, Jameis Winston, Saints quarterback, tore his ACL. Um, I'm not sure if it'll be Tr- Taysom Hill or Trevor Simeon. To be the starting quarterback, former Denver quarterback Trevor Simeon, by the way, or the gad, you know, go go gadget Taysom Hill. Um, and if they really need a quarterback, there's other options out there. Phil Rivers said he would play. That it was weird. That really threw me off. I saw that post too. He I'm just like, finished his high school season. That's why. So he's available. Oh, that's now. true. It's good timing. Um, and very convenient timing, isn't it? Uh, and then Cam Newton also needs a job. So there's that. Um, Saints are five and two, second in the NFC South. I'll go first in this one because I kind of I don't I'm I'm not gonna say I was a Jameis Winston truther, but I always said that if you could just cut the interceptions in half, man, you're gonna be a great quarterback. But you know he never did that, so I don't know if this really affects the Saints at all. 
Like, as weird as that sounds, I think that they're going to get the same level of production out of whoever the other quarterback is, Trevor Simeon, Taysom Hill, Phil Rivers, Cam it, Newton. I don't think it really matters. I think that the Saints at this point are like a defensive juggernaut team. They're kind of like the Steelers. The offense isn't great, but the defense is really, really good. And they're going to make the most of their opportunities when they get defensive turnovers, kind of like they did against Tampa Bay. And I just think that... I don't know if this really affects the Saints all that much. Like, I love Jameis, but, I mean, I don't think it moves the needle for the Saints. I still think they're a good team. I I think it limits the big place. Because the one thing Jameis had going for him, especially for why he was, you know, expected to be the next quarterback, was that he had the arm, right? Mm -hmm. He could throw that thing pretty far. And because... And as great as Drew Brees was, Drew Brees, unfortunately, in those last couple of years, he wasn't able to get that ball past six yards. <laughs> yeah, so man. they were really happy for Jameis to be the starting quarterback because he was really that one guy who can just launch it. Now, decision-making has always been an issue for him since he's entered the NFL. I, you know, I still remember his QB camp episode where he always just try to force the ball to his one go-to receiver, right? Have your one go-to receiver and don't even try and throw it to anybody else on any passing concept. Just tell him what his route is, and that's it. I James James Winston's injury, I do think, does have some impact in the passing game. Now, the good news is they have Alvin Kamara, and, and a he good can make he, too. and he can make any play go to the house, even if he only catches the ball from like two yards off, or if he just gets the ball handed off to him. So yeah, with Derrick Henry out, I think Kamara is probably the best running back in the NFL. Christian McCaffrey's out. Derrick Henry's out. McCaffrey's coming back. I he saw is coming practice. back, but like he's this back. is his second injury in two years, and I'm just like, I don't know if he's going to be the same. So as of now, I think that with Henry out, I would say Kamara is the best running back in the NFL. Well, even if you look at Kamara, like he had the big injury when he was playing in college for Tennessee. He was out for the rest of the year. Everyone was like, oh, they, I mean, this was a guy that just transferred from Alabama. He's definitely one of the expected running backs to go off in this league. He had this big injury. I don't know if he's going to. And it still didn't matter. He recovered. He still balled out. He still got drafted, and he's still balling in the NFL. So, again, kind of just going back to Derrick Henry thing, I'm hoping that's what happens as well. Mm-hmm. So I think New Orleans is fine offensively. I think it's just because they're going to have that lack of quarterback or just having a lack of what their identity is now at quarterback. Because Simeon and Taysom Hill are two different quarterbacks. Yeah, and I already had. A- prototypical you know he's an accurate passer not athletic whatsoever doesn't have a strong arm it's basically i think simeon is pretty much if you just plop drew Brees back in there just not as i think overall obviously he's not the hall of fame quarterback obviously you know i mean i i think the overall grade of the quarterback position new orleans hasn't changed that much no exactly like yeah i like i understand like all these quarterbacks kind of have their pros and cons that make them equivalent but i think because james winston was actually a consistent starter this year it now does force New Orleans to kind of go back to last year and trying to figure out, okay, if we start this quarterback, what offense works against this defense? Or if we start this quarterback, what other offense is going to work against it? You know what I mean? They're, they're back to juggling that. There is one thing that I, you know, I'll mention his name a little bit later again because, spoiler alert, I do have the Saints as one of the NFC playoff teams. Um, so there's that. Uh, Sean Payton... He, he, he will be able to make anything work. He's one of the all-time great coaches and one of the all-time great play callers in this league. So, you know, we're going to be talking about Sean Payton here shortly. So, 
any last comments on Jameis Winston before we get into the midseason awards? The Stampedes, uh, <laughs> midseason NFL awards. Um, just, you know, best of luck to Jameis on his recovery. Uh, I do see New Orleans still as a good team. Sean Payton is definitely one of the better coaches. He knows how to get through adversity. He knows how to overcome serious injuries. I mean, we just saw Michael Thomas basically say he's definitely out for the rest of the year because the rehab's just not working out. That's another thing, man. I forgot about that. Yeah, that's you know, true. I mean, New, or- like, New Orleans is banged up, but if there's one coach that can figure it out, and there's one franchise that's just been finding ways to win, it's always been Sean Payton and the New Orleans Saints. So, again, just best of luck to them and James hey, Winston. Hey, man, speaking of uh, receivers that might be on a different team next year, along with OBJ, Michael Thomas probably will not be a Saint after this year, I would imagine. He already had beef with the coaching staff, and now his rehab got messed up. He might you know, take a little offense to that. We'll see. Um, let's get into the midseason awards, Ashton. I will. I do want to let you know that I spent a lot of time on this, and I worked so hard to come I know up you've been with. talking about this all week. Yeah, I'm very excited to announce my midseason awards here on the Stampede. I will remind you of our preseason picks as well. So let's get right into MVP because obviously it's the most valuable player. It's the most important award, right? Preseason, I had Tom Brady, and you had Patrick Mahomes. Wow. Guess Holy hell. Guess which of us was really <laughs> off, and guess, guess which one of us was really right. Yeah. Um, Somehow it's the 44-year-old man that is destroying everybody in the NFL and one of the most prominent stars who's already been the highest-paid athlete in America has just – I don't even know how to describe it. Yeah, so I I think that Tom Brady is the MVP right now. I don't know if you would agree. There's other guys in the convo, Matthew Stafford, Kyler Murray. Who would be your midseason MVP? Mine's Brady. He's first oh, – excuse me. He's first in yards and first in passing touchdowns, so that's kind of – and he's on one of the best teams in the NFL. That's kind of all I needed, you know. He's playing really good football, as we've seen. I'd say, you know, Tom Brady to me is the upfront favorite just because he's just that guy that's doing what he's want. He's performing at a high level. He's somehow on paper performing just as well as he did in his early twenties. Which better. is not which is not nor- which is not normal at forty four years old, by the way. He's, he's in some categories he's better. better. Yeah. yeah, in some categories even better. So it's there's no doubt in my mind that he's right now the favorite to be the, the MVP. I would say a second. Oh man, second was Aaron. Second Aaron Rodgers to me. Like before he, the, bef, you know, he's going to miss games, so he's kind of yeah. He's going to be like disqualified. For well, well, third to me was also Derrick Henry. Okay, because Derrick Henry was also just dominating. Already had nearly a thousand yards rushing, not even halfway into the season. You know I mean, so those were those were the two guys that were behind, but that margin between Rodgers and Tom Brady was still pretty big to me. So, like, I'm, I'm not going to argue against Tom Brady not winning the MVP right now. All right, so we're both taking Brady at the midseason mark. Offensive player of the year, you will be happy to know that I had Derrick Henry before the injury, um, and pretty much that's going to, like, disqualify him from winning the award in the end. So I'm going to say Derrick Henry slash Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup, first in receiving yards, first in receiving touchdowns, and second in total catches, 63 catches, 924 yards and nine touchdowns already. He might it's, be on pace for 2,000 yards and 20 touchdowns. It is crazy how... I'm, I'm saying Cooper Cup. In our preseason prediction, uh, I had a running back, not Derrick Henry. I had Christian McCaffrey. You had a receiver, uh, Stephon Diggs. 
Diggs is that's a, also way off. Yeah, Diggs is all my predictions a, are off at this point. I mean, I got the MVP right, but I'll have you know that I got a lot wrong too. So, um, so yeah, I would give it to Cooper Cup now. I would say Derrick Henry obviously before the injury, but he's not going to win the award because he's going to miss a season. So, what's what's funny what to about me, Cooper Cup? What's what's funny to me is like of all the players to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. I did not expect it to be a Rams wide receiver because there's so many of them that offensive player of the year. Well, like I'm just saying, like it's any Rams skill player was getting like an, the equal amount of production and stuff in Sean McVay's offense. Like there was never really like a go-to guy. Like Robert Woods and Cooper Cup, they both had even days. Like and now you know I mean? they were equally good. A down year and Woods having a down year. Cup somehow just having a great year, phenomenal year. Uh, league-leading statistical year. He's like, taken like 75% of Woods' production. Like, McVay's offense was not designed for someone to have this kind of thing, and yet he's having this kind of thing. It does help that... Really happy for Cooper Cup. It does help that Cup is best friends with Stafford, so that that kind of helps. Yeah, that probably, that probably did help. I mean, yeah. I'm saying, like, I didn't realize how good that chemistry was between him and Matthew Stafford. Normally, when a new quarterback enters a team, it takes a minute for the chemistry to kind of matter, but... Man, I tell you what, there's just something about Stafford and just athletic people that he's just automatically good friends with. I mean, heck, he grew up with Clayton Kershaw. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, why can't we be friends with Stafford? Why can't we be friends with Stafford? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, so you have no complaints about Cooper Cup? I, I really can't. He's okay. really playing at a high level, and as long as it works, I mean, if it ain't broke, don't fix it at this point. Okay, so the next one is probably something that you're going to have uh, – an issue with okay uh defensive player of the year i had miles garrett you had aaron donald i'm giving it to miles garrett he's been better than aaron donald this year we know that aaron donald's the better all-time well that could all change now that von miller's gonna open some things up it could but as of now miles garrett is first in sacks the first double digit sacks this year ten and a half sacks he's wrecking games averaging almost like two sacks a game and he's first in total pressures, which I think is a big telling stat. He's first in pressures. So I'm going to say Miles Garrett. I would say Donald's probably second or maybe Trevon. Actually, no. I don't think Trevon Diggs no. should be in this conversation. You know why? Because the man average, like gives up like over 100 freaking receiving yards a game. <laughs> if you watch the game with your eyes, Trevon Diggs is basically just Marcus Peters reincarnated. He gets the picks, yeah, but he also gets burned half the time. And I'm not trying to be a cowboy hater, but holy moly, we need to slow the Trevon Diggs conversation. He is not even in the conversation for defensive player of the year. It's Miles Garrett and Aaron Donald, and as of now... He's close for defensive rookie of the year, but not defensive player of the year. I don't even think he's a rookie. Is Trevon Diggs a rookie? I thought he was. I think last year was his rookie season. Hold on. Maybe it was. I thought he was a rookie this year. I'll tell you right now. Come on. Uh, no, he's not a rookie. This is second year. Second year. Okay. Yeah. Sophomore year. He's yeah. definitely exploding as a sophomore. Almost made me think he was a rookie. Um, yeah, I, I for some reason I thought he was a rookie. But anyways, this is Defensive Player of the Year conversation. I'm saying it's Miles Garrett. And even if you have a problem with it, He's I, I been better than Aaron Donald this year. I don't. Obviously, Aaron Donald is still probably the best player in the yeah. NFL, but Miles Garrett's just been on another freaking level this year. He's been the lone 
bright spot for the Browns. I, I don't have a problem with it just because he is on paper playing really well and he has double the sacks as Aaron Donald at the moment. I'm not giving up on Aaron Donald entirely, especially now that Von Miller's on the Rams team because now that – like unless they just let Von Miller take all the one-on-ones every offense against the Rams do from this point on, there's a chance that Aaron Donald's now going to be opened up quite a bit. So I'm not completely giving up on Aaron Donald. But, yes, I mean, I like I like Miles Garrett now as the heavy favorite to win defensive player of the year just because he already has double-digit sacks, and he's just... He's first in pressures, too, which I think... Yeah. I mean, now, at least in the analytics... Does it sort of help that Jadavion Clowney's on the other side? I don't even know if Clowney... Is Clowney hurt right now? Like I don't think he is, but I think he's probably the one that's just eating up all the extra linemen. I mean, Miles Garrett was this good last year, too. And I just, and you know, so it's just like, well, I don't know. Clowney is, Clowney is on he's the got injury three, report. He, so uh, He's got three and a half sacks. He's on the injury report for a hip and a knee. So I don't know if he's been playing or not. But regardless, I think that. Von Miller has four and a half. I know, so, he, I know he does. I think now that Von Miller is now on the same team as Aaron Donald, we might see Aaron Donald now creep up. In the, some problem is, I, categories. I, the problem is, I, the problem is, Miles Garrett might have that big of a lead over him. I don't know if you can we'll catch see. him. We'll see. We'll see. Hey, you may, ain't slowing hey, down Miles Garrett, you know. So maybe you pull. Uh, maybe you pull. Uh, uh, where is he? Wow, he's no. I'm surprised how far he is on this list. I'm looking for the guy who had five sacks in the season opener. Chandler Jones. Chandler Jones, and he's surprisingly 19th in sacks. He's not had a sack since. Yeah. He's not at a sack. I was actually surprised. So who knows? Who yeah. knows? Anything is possible. I think since they're only five sacks apart from each other, anything can happen. We'll see. We'll revisit this and one. Also the season's over, Miller. obviously. I'm just saying, Von Miller's going to have a big impact on who has the most sacks. Screw it. Von Miller, Defensive Player of the Year. Oh, that'd be hilarious. Screw it. What if that happens? That'd it, be crazy. I would be. I, All right, look. I'll just admit and say yes. Miles Garrett is definitely the favorite as the midseason. Okay. Well, player of the year. I know for offensive rookie of the year, it's gonna, it's not gonna be a conversation. We both had Mac Jones. It's been Jamar Chase this season. He's third in total receiving oh yards as a goodness. rookie. I've he's never been third so in, happy for He's him tied for third in touchdowns, and he leads the league in catches of over forty yards. He has six catches over forty yards. So he's as a rookie, third in receiving, third in touchdowns, and I mean we've seen the deep ball. We've seen the big plays. It's Jamar Chase. We've seen the yards after the catch. I mean, We've seen it all. We predicted who's probably going to get second, Mac Jones. I just think that, you know, with all the drop issues in the preseason, we kind of just didn't really – we didn't see Jamar Chase as an option. We were like, oh, this is quarterback league, quarterback award. Mm. I mean, you know. He's yeah, He's been I do. dominant this season. No, it's it's been – it's been a minute. I wouldn't even say a minute. Like, Justin Jefferson had also a pretty good rookie season. At wide receiver, he's gonna break all of Justin Jefferson stuff. I think As, I, all like, his rookie I, stuff. I, he's we've seen good it. receivers in their rookie season. I didn't expect Jamar Chase to be one of those guys that just blows up, but he is an SEC wide receiver. He has great chemistry, being the go-to guy for Joe Burrow. And Joe Burrow had one of the greatest college football seasons any college quarterback, coach, player, the could have. greatest, the great, oh, the greatest. Flat out the greatest. They're the best the team ever. I you know what I mean he was he was the go-to wide receiver on the best team assembled in college football. 
History. History. Like, at least in my you know opinion. I mean? Like, we can have Burrow that had 60 day. something touchdowns and what? Tw- at least 25 of them were the Jamar Jays? I mean, I have no idea. It, something like ridiculous that. Ridiculous number. So, so yeah, no, no problem. With we shouldn't be surprised, but for him to translate that talent and translate that dominance into the NFL. Sometimes we just overthink everything. And, and for Joe Burrow yeah. to still be like, I want him more than I want a good offensive line. And I want to throw the ball 80 times to him a game. And I know it'll work. Just trust me. And Cincinnati said, okay. And I went, well, he looks like someone I should draft with the, you know, one of my first five picks in fantasy football. I think it was the fifth round. But I think I ended up getting him with the fifth pick or the sixth pick. I don't even know. It was your fifth round pick. Fifth round or sixth round pick. Yeah. But. He's he's my be- on paper he's my best receiver. He's your best player on your team. <laughs> he's, he's he's playing so well. So yes, offensive rookie of the year. I'm already giving it to Demar Chase. I can't lie. Mac Jones. He's playing well the quarterback position. He's doing everything he's asked to do. He's by, like third in completion percentage this year, I think Mac Jones. But by Josh Daniels and uh, Bill Belichick. I mean, he's doing all the right things. He's playing some good football. He's, he, he ain't catching Jamar Chase. You know I mean? But, he, you know, there's just there's just some players who you just can't ignore their dominance. Like, yeah, Mac Jones, he's playing well, but he's not dominating defenses. Jamar Chase is at, as a wide receiver. Holy De- smokes. Yeah, defensive rookie of the year. Uh, I predicted Patrick Sertain at the Broncos, and you predicted Micah Parsons at the Cowboys. Um I would say those guys are definitely one and two, but flip-flopped. I think Micah Parsons should be the defensive rookie of the year as of now. Sertan's been great, actually, and I was so tempted to put him here as my defensive rookie of the year because I'm biased and I'm a Broncos fan and I have to justify passing on Justin Fields, you know? So (laughs) there was one statistic that I thought was great for Sertan. Seven out of his eight games as a starting quarterback in the NFL, he has... allowed under 40 yards in seven of eight games. So only 40 yards is pretty shut down. He's pretty... I don't know what the one game is, but I would imagine it's probably going up against a top-tier receiver, right? So Yeah, he's he's playing really well at the corner position, especially for a rookie. But Micah Parsons has just been... That dude. He's been all over the field. You know what I mean? Like played he's, a middle linebacker, he's played outside everything backer, for the rusher. Cowboys, and it's worked. Yeah. Like, he's... Whatever you want to be. You want to be a, a nickel corner. You want to be an outside linebacker. You want to play Mike linebacker. You want to play defensive end. You want to play him as a 3-4 outside linebacker. You want him as a 4-3 outside linebacker. Put him in nose tackle. Right? Why it, not? <laughs> it doesn't matter. He's really being thrown around, you know, as a defensive player. We we usually see strong safeties be that guy. You know what I mean? They're that random hybrid, defensive yeah. player hybrid position that's got to be there no matter what player coverage they're in. Michael Parsons for that guy, and he was drafted as a linebacker. And one other player I want to throw in this conversation that I would say is probably in third place is uh, Browns linebacker slash athlete uh, Jeremiah Obosu Koromoa, the Joker. A, obviously, a little bias here, a guy that I was big on, but he's been playing like inside backer, and as for un, as undersized as he is, he is playing very well against the run. Obviously, he's a good cover player. But against the run, man, he's actually been really good this season. I was that was kind of the, everyone's knock on him. They're like, hey, he's undersized. He's going to be like a tweener. Is he going to be like a nickel corner, or is he going to be like an outside cover backer? You know, kind of guy. Um, oh, he's been really good. But 
Uh, one stat that I want to talk about, Micah Parsons, individually, he doesn't have all the big, uh, huge stat. He only has like two and a half sacks on the year. But as versatile as he is, the Cowboys, I don't know what they were last season, but we know how bad the Cowboys' defense was last season. Between him and Dan Quinn kind of revitalizing this defense, the Cowboys are fourth against the run overall. And I think that's where Micah Parsons really excels, and that's against the run. He's a good player in run defense. Obviously, we know he could rush the passer, but they are shutting teams down from running the football. And honestly, you know, it kind of it kind of add you add on the fact that their offense is so good, so you're kind of playing from behind all the time. So you have to throw the ball more, which gives him more opportunities to rush the passer. You know, and it's just a perfect storm for the Cowboys' defense. He really is, and he's really the perfect player too for Dan Quinn because Dan Quinn. You know, he, he really tries and plays, like, one style of defense. He He's a Seattle cover. He's the he's pretty much the creator of the Seattle cover three defense because right. he had the Legion of Boom. He was the defensive coordinator for the Legion of Boom in Seattle. So, And and because the Cowboys are doing so well on the offensive side of football, it allows Dan Quinn to really experiment more with his defense, especially with all the talent that he has, Michael Parsons, Trevon Diggs. Like, they're doing a lot of interesting ways to actually make – one coverage looked like two or three other different kinds. So Dan Quinn, he's really back to being a really good defensive coordinator because now that's all he really has to focus on. And now he, because Cowboys are now leading teams rather than being behind teams, it makes it easier for Dan Quinn to be more relaxed and make the right calls and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, so no issue with Micah Parsons being the defense player of the year? No. Or defensive I, rookie, excuse defensive me. Defensive rookie, yeah, not defensive player. I know Miles Garrett. Either him or Aaron Donald. I'm not giving up on Aaron Donald, but. <laughs> uh, coach of the year. Uh, you know, I'll do comeback player of the year because I feel like this is going to be a shorter discussion. Um, I mean, it's Dak Prescott, right? Yeah. It's Dak. Um, you had Christian McCaffrey as yours. Um, unfortunately, but he fell down again. Unfortunately, he got hurt again. Otherwise, he probably would have been in the running. Uh, at this point, I think it's just Dak's award to lose. I do think that Joe Burrow's right on his heels, though. Joe Burrow's been playing some really good football. Joe Burrow has, but Dak is playing at a level that we didn't even expect him to play. Yeah, he's since been since pl- he's been, the league. Yeah, he's been playing very. You know, well. I mean, like he's been that leader who's been making all the throws, and he's been trying to get out there right. Like he was eager. Like we watched Hard Knocks, even when they told him to relax his arm because he was he felt like he was pulling something, and he had all the baseball trainers on. Like, hey, yeah, you should probably rest the arm since we know they're going to expect you to throw it fifty times. And he's just been lights out. He's been throwing mm-hmm. it to whoever he needs to. They even have Ezekiel Elliott lined up at you know wide receiver every now and then. Yeah. To show that Dak Prescott is that guy. He he is that guy. It's it's crazy. He's playing some really good football. Yeah. Uh, one last award, Coach of the Year. Uh, I had Kyle Shanahan. That's not happening. Uh, and you had Brandon Staley, the Chargers head coach. Uh, I would not give it to either of them. Staley's having a good year, don't get me wrong. But there's one coach in particular I mentioned earlier in our podcast that I really think deserves Coach of the Year as of now, and that's Sean Payton. He is doing the most with the least, and I think that's what Coach of the Year should be. A constant rotating door at quarterback. He's 5-2 and two in one of the best divisions in football. Say what you want about Atlanta, Carolina. They're a tough out on any given Sunday, and he's with the defending Super Bowl champions, Tampa Bay Bucks. He beat them, by the way. I'm going to give it to Sean Payton. I think that he's, I mean, we talked about him. He's one of the best coaches of all time. And this year, I think he's showing what he can really do 
Um, and he, you know, in previous years, he was showing what he could do with a limited quarterback. This year, he's even more limited. No Jameis anymore. I mean, we're going to see now without Jameis, but and he kind of, kind of reshaped Jameis. We Jameis kind of has become like a checkdown machine, and he wasn't turning the ball over. And it was just like, if you could do that to Jameis Winston, then heck, man, Sean Payton's my coach of the year. I would imagine that you have no issue with this whatsoever, right? I don't, but I have another guy in mind, and it's not someone that you really care for. I'm kind of throwing Mike McCarthy in this. Oh, my brilliant. I know, I know. <sighs> but you have to understand. Jesus Christ. Cowboys, Kellen Moore, then, should be the – Kellen Moore is the guy behind the, <laughs> yeah, no, the no, Cowboys' no. success. If I could give it to the offensive coordinator, I would. Let's but, give it to Kellen Moore. Jesus Christ. But here's the thing. The Cowboys have been so bad for so long, right? And at best, mediocre. When we've grown up. And to see all of a sudden the Cowboys, yeah, they have now a lot of talent. They've kind of gotten the coordinators right. They've finally figured out how Dan Quinn wants to run his defense, how Kellen Moore wants to run the offense. Mike McCarthy is still the guy that has to make sure it all runs smoothly. And he's really the first head coach in a long time there that's kind of doing it. I mean, this team's 6-1. and one. They're playing some good football. Their only loss was to the reigning Super Bowl champs, Tom Brady, and Tampa Bay. And that was They're, week one, right? That was week one. So they've been playing some really good football. And I, I, with all this great talent, again, I kind of have to give credit where credit is due, and that's to the head coach. Like, he's been asked to do a lot for some really important people, for a fan base that has annoyed the heck out of America for decades. Facts. Facts for, there. You ain't lying. For the most valuable franchise valuable as an economics in the world despite all these great soccer teams and soccer leagues have been around for hundreds of years the dallas cowboys are the most valuable like there is a lot of pressure at being a good dallas cowboys football coach and mike mccarthy for these last eight weeks has been a good football coach I can't wait for Kellen Moore to be Denver's head coach. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> Rather you want to accept it or not, he's coaching good football. He's he's running the ship. It's running good. It's running smoothly. You know, About as smoothly as the Cowboys could be. Maybe right? I jinx it and the Cowboys get smacked in the face this Sunday. Remember this, America. Ashton is the reason the Cowboys have lost eight games in a row. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Look back, you'll miss. I'm just saying, Cowboys have have been bad long enough to know where if they're all of a sudden good, part of it is, yes, the talent that's finally coming together, but the other part is the coaching. Coaching staff is now running things more smoothly, less headaches, less confusions. Game plans are being executed, right? It's like you understand Mike McCarthy's running this way better than Jason Garrett did. That's not a high bar at all. But I know it's yeah. not a high Like, you know what I mean? If he if if they keep riding this out and dominate, especially with their weak schedule, what's stopping Mike McCarthy from getting coach of the year? I I think it does depend on your definition of coach of the year and all that stuff too. You know, it's kind of like the MVP. Are we getting the most valuable player? Or are we doing the guy with the best stats kind of thing? You know, it, it I think it depends on what your version of your definition. Especially of coach if you have the, the comeback player of the year at quarterback. Yeah. Uh, Dak does have to get healthy first. He missed last game, and Cooper Rush somehow won. I guess that's, and they won with Cooper Rush. Yeah, so in Minnesota, another 
plus to your argument. All right, we're going to skip over the rest of season predictions because we've been already going for way too long. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we're going to get into that next week. That'll be the main uh, topic of discussion, the rest of season predictions. And we'll have another week of football to kind of reevaluate all these teams and whatnot. So let's get into the picks real quick. Jets at the Colts. The Colts are 10.5-point fav- favorites. I would assume we're both taking Indianapolis. I'm a plant save and take Indianapolis, but the Jets have definitely thrown me off with their win over Cincinnati. I agree. Your Raiders are three-point favorites on the road at the New York Giants. I'm going to go ahead and take the Raiders. Are you going to do the same? I'm, I'm going to take the Raiders. Raiders are still yes. playing. Raiders are playing good football. Giants really aren't, even though they normally, if a team almost beats the Chiefs in Arrowhead, I would say they're the better team. But seeing how bad the Chiefs are, yeah. Raiders are actually playing good football. Falcons at the Saints. Saints lost their quarterback. They're still six-point favorites over the Falcons at home. I'm taking the Saints no matter who the QB is. Who you got? This is at, in New Orleans? or In New Atlanta? Orleans. Yeah, I'm taking the Saints. I, I It'll probably be one of those games that might go down to a field goal in the fourth quarter or even in overtime. But, yeah, I think it's hard to get a win down there in New Orleans. So it I'm, yeah. I'm going to say the Saints get the dub there. Ah. <sighs> Do I want to switch? This seems like the perfect trap game. They just came off after. What know, happened? Show me. They just beat the Bucks. Like I feel like this is the perfect trap game. You know what? I'm gonna do it. I'm taking the Falcons. We are disagreeing on this Atlanta. one. Wow, you're picking the Falcons. I'm okay. gonna take them in the upset. All right, here's one that I know is not gonna be an upset. Uh, Bills at the Jaguars. We're both taking Bills. the Bills. Browns at the Bengals. Bengals at home are favored by two and a half. This is going to be a very interesting game. We'll see if OBJ plays. I doubt it. Um, yeah, I'm going to take the Bengals at home. I don't uh, care that they lost to the Jets, really. Honestly, ta- honestly, to me, Cleveland's still a little bit more banged up. Cincinnati, they they still run a tight ship. How they lost to the Jets, I still don't know. They but still I think put up a lot of offense in that game. But, so yeah, but they're going to bounce off just fine and make all the right plays. And are you really going to stop Jamar Chase? So we're both taking the Bengals. Yep. All right. That's a coin flip game to me. I'm not. It like, really is, but yeah. I'm just liking Cincinnati more. The Patriots are three and a half point favorites on the road. They're traveling to play the Carolina Panthers. I'm going to take the Patriots on the road. What do you think? Yeah, I'm going to take the Patriots. They're playing good football. Carolina's not. Even with Stephon Gilmore being there, it's just I, – I just like New England. There's better team. Yep. Uh, my Denver Broncos at the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys are favored by 10. Cowboys. We're both taking the Cowboys. We're taking the Cowboys. Even, without, even if Dak doesn't play, I'm taking the Cowboys. There's no pass rush. Yeah, there's no Not one. Not anymore. There's no one on the team. Uh, it's basically just a complete you-know-what show. Uh, Vikings at the Ravens. The Ravens come in as six-point favorites at home. Uh, I'm going to take the Ravens at home. I think the Ravens are coming off a bye as well, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, no surprise there. We're both taking the Ravens, right? Yep, Baltimore. This is an interesting game. Texans at the Dolphins. No one's going to watch it, but it's definitely an interesting matchup. <laughs> right. Uh, the Dolphins are at home, and they are favored by six and a half points. I guess I'll take the Dolphins at it's, home. It's in Miami? Yeah. It, I, what team's the better one in seven team? I'm, they're both horrible. I'm going to take Miami, I guess. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll take Miami, but this could be a, just 
a really messy, close game. Yep. Chargers, one-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. Only one-and-a-half. That's such a weird number to me. At the Eagles. Uh, mm. I mean, I'm taking the Chargers on the road, right? Yeah, I'm taking the Chargers. The Eagles are not playing really good football. They had a dominant win against Detroit, and that's pretty much been it. It's so weird that it's only say, one and a half point favorites. I'll right? say the Eagles have improved, but I don't think they've improved enough to get a win against the Chargers. I know the Chargers, they're also a team that's not been playing I mean, they lost great to football the, recently. They, they lost to the Patriots, but like I feel like the Patriots I think are going to... I think they're going to bounce back, though, from their yeah. losses. So I'm taking the Chargers. Packers at the Chiefs. No Aaron Rodgers in this one. The Chiefs are now favored by seven points. That's crazy to me. It seven really points? Is. I just... I don't know. I just I'm don't. taking the Chiefs at home. I feel like I'm going to regret this. You know what? I'm going to say the Packers steal it. All right. You know, unless. I, I'm going to regret this. I know I am. We'll, I mean, it's it's a coin flip game because, yeah, the, the one man who really brings the success to Green Bay is not playing, but Kansas City's just really playing some bad football. So what's going to matter more? We're going to find out. But I'm taking Green Bay just because I think Jordan Love can do some of the right things. The Cardinals at the 49ers. ESPN says the line is dead even. E-V-E-N. Uh, even line. Even Stevens? They're putting a lot of stock into that 49ers win over the Bears where Debo and Jimmy G kind of went off in that game. A lot of yardage putting up in that game. Elijah Mitchell played. The Offensively, the, the 49ers looked like we thought they were going to look. Um, Cardinals on the road, obviously – Best record in the NFL, I think, right? So, who you got? Cardinals, oh. 49ers. Even line. Even. Even Steven. It is in Santa Clara. Um, Niners at home. It's crazy. The weather though. should be much better than last time. I know the last time Niners played, it was rough weather. Or not last time, but last Sunday night football game. Yeah, they played the Colts on that Sunday night game, right? Yeah, so that was really bad weather. Oh, man, they... <sighs> I'm going to take the Cardinals on the road. I'm not going to overthink it. Yeah, Better I'm, record. I'm going to take Arizona. They're just, to me, the, the better team. They're a healthier team. Even though they're on the road, they got a lot still good things going for them. And they their only losses to a really good Green Bay Packers team. Yeah. Titans at the Rams. No Derrick Henry for Tennessee. The Rams are favored at home by 7.5. I'm taking the Rams here. I'm assuming you'll do the same. Taking the Rams. The Tennessee's bread and butter's out for the year, so it's really going to come down to who has I do a better have a run hot, game. I don't know if it'll it's a I think hot the Rams take. will have a better run game. Yeah. I don't know if this is a hot take, but I think that this injury could be good for Tennessee in a weird way. I think it's going to force them to kind of get creative, create a more balanced offense kind of thing. You know, like I think that without Derrick Henry, they're going to be forced to just be more creative and have a more overall better offensive scheme like they're definitely gonna be asked to get more versatile players yeah and julio gets involved and aj brown gets involved involved more those guys get involved more so maybe they become a little more dynamic you know we'll see i don't know but yeah and Rams. then when henry comes back i mean that's just icing on the cake you know if maybe. everything goes well if everything goes well but rams at home yeah uh bears at the steelers that is going to be a horrible game to watch um I never like defensive battles in primetime. I'm picking Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is six and a half point favorites at home. I'm picking Pittsburgh as well. Okay. Well, we disagreed on a few there. Disagreed on the Chiefs game and the Saints game, so we'll see what happens in those. Just a lot more 50-50s. Heck, we had one game that was split even Stevens. I mean, we agreed on it, but still. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen. 
Thank you so much for tuning into the Stampede. It's been a long episode, but thank you for staying till the end. Ryan, Crazy things happen here in the NFL. Oh, yeah. Crazy it, things. I think it was a good episode. Ryan Jones, Ashton Yanez, we'll see you guys next time. See ya.